<laughs> yes. We're, we're here to talk about Batman tonight, but I, I woke up this morning to a whole bunch of texts from some friends that are uh, getting ready to start <clears throat> start doing some gardening for their first year, which was, uh, I, I'm super happy that other people are taking up some of my, some of my similar hobbies. That'll be cool uh, to have that shared thing. And you can start sharing uh, strains until Monsanto gets it illegal to grow yeah. plants. Yeah, that, that had lots of questions, and I, it's hard not to just, like, write a whole fucking dictionary about the stuff that I've learned in the last two years as far as that goes. But, uh, yeah, I, don't know, to, I guess to get a little bit political at the top of this thing, it's about to get real interesting as far as, uh, like, industrial agriculture and stuff like that goes. And this has absolutely nothing to do with the fucking movie or Batman or anything, but I'll just get up on my little soapbox here at the, the top of the show and say uh it's about to get real weird the price of fertilizer has gone up like 300 fucking percent uh the price of most like consumer grade like seed packs has at least doubled since last year uh i think we get like something like 90 percent of fucking america's wheat from russia and the ukraine which is super cool because that's doing fucking nothing right now uh <laughs> and yeah the whole, the whole fertilizer thing is going to really come into play when, like, uh, there isn't nearly enough corn grown this year because shitloads of the food we eat and stuff we use has corn in it, but it's also largely used as uh, industrial feed for, like, cows and stuff. So there's not not going to be enough feed, not going to be enough corn, not going to be enough grain. Fertilizer is in short supply and ungodly expensive right now, so it's about to get real weird as far as the food you grow or the food you eat goes. So, uh, yeah, I, that's uh, that's a big part of why I'm excited that other people are getting into gardening. I'm like, if even if you've just got like a balcony or something that you can put out like flower pots and feed the bees and shit, I mean, like you're you're doing your part kind of deal. It's it's gonna get really weird in the coming months and coming years. You think the factory farm is your ally? You barely <laughs> adapted to the factory farm. Yep. I was yeah, born to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, for better or worse, mostly worse, like uh, industrial agriculture is kind of a kind of a big deal, at least in Americans. Like, we can't all rely on our, our local co-op or whatnot. I mean, we probably could, but, like, that's just not really in the cards right at the moment like you know we we rely on the big factories a lot to get fucking meat and fruits and vegetables and anything that people can do to kind of weed themselves off of that or you know kind of offset how much that's going to cost here pretty soon i think it's like to their uh to their benefit so yeah <laughs> that's pretty much it that's that's what i'm going to do after i get off this call probably just go start a bunch of seeds and stuff even though it's still like 40 degrees here at night and i might just be committing plant suicide largely but uh it's 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 gonna be may tomorrow so i gotta fucking get off my ass and get some stuff started i saw some people had some uh i think it was probably flowers wrapped in newspaper when i was walking little dude to the bus the other day because it's yeah. similarly it's i think it's about 70 degrees fahrenheit here in the afternoons, but yeah, shoots down to the thirties and shit at night. So my magnolia yep. tree is still going. Although people <laughs> who were paying attention last time 
It's still all right. It hasn't just dropped everything and turned into mush on the ground. Not not yet, but I did almost slide slide down the last slope of the driveway. I thought I stepped in somebody's dog shit, but it was a <laughs> it was a smushed magnolia blossom. Ah. But you know, it is what it is. I can probably. I mean, you talking about uh, agriculture and the infrastructure driving people towards reliance on the giant corporations versus uh, community level things. I, I mean, this the Batman twenty twenty two is partly about class conflict. Yeah, and, and social, social inequalities. And different thing, and I mean, we're probably going to get into it a little bit, but there's the ongoing thing about Batman is, could he do more good with his fortune or with his fists? Yep, it's, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, he's, uh, that's kind of the whole reason he becomes Batman is because he can accomplish more on the ground level rather than up in a fucking boardroom, basically, which... Uh, yeah, kind of the same thing about your community gardens, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, am excited to see what my friends come up with. And yeah, for this to just be like, you know, it's, it, it's honestly, to me, it's about more than just like, you know, oh, I got a shitload of tomatoes that I didn't have to go buy at the store. Uh, it's, it's, it's therapeutic and it's a community bonding kind of thing. Cause yeah, like you said, we'll probably be like trading seedlings and, you know, trading advice and experience and stuff. Like it, it brings the community closer together. And I, I I enjoy seeing more schools having community gardens at them. Uh, I know there's a kindergarten through eighth grade school up the street, and they have a class garden. Danzig's school has stuff, and actually during the summer, they send out reminders to people to come get the harvests, not yep. like come harvest shit, but it's like, Hey, we've got all this food. Come get it. And the yep. farmer's market down the street, most of the pandemic, they opened up as a drive through only over at the state historical center. Cause they've got a giant parking lot. Right. And it's going back to its original location. You know, about five blocks. <laughs> I just remember it's where my dentist's office is, but there's just an <laughs> area where they just set up all the shit. But but it's within, like, walking distance, though, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's within walking distance, and it's all local. Well, not local to Columbus, but the way Ohio is, there's the cities like Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Dayton, and Akron, and stuff like that. But the reason why it's, like, a 54 or 55-45 Republican to Democrat vote state is outside of the metropolitan areas, there's just country. Yep. So there's a lot the of barren wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rooms for farms and shit. And so, yeah, it's such a, the host of this show thing to say, but pretty much all of my food is in state. <laughs> well, that's good yeah i wish like yeah ours i don't know we have such a short growing season in wyoming like really best case scenario you're getting like maybe four months of the year to grow stuff and uh yeah it's so fucking dry and windy here that a lot of stuff doesn't like 
industrial growing doesn't really it sort of exists here like you you see a lot of like cornfields and stuff like driving down the highway but not like you know four hours south of us in colorado where it's like a lot more i don't know they, they just get a better growing season down there i think has a lot to do with it and there's more money to be had at it also like we just have so few people here like your your customer base by default is going to be pretty small but uh so yeah i mean that's that's where yeah like community run gardens or you know just like you and your neighbors getting together and growing a bunch of shit like comes into comes into play it can it can be as small scale as you want it to be but like you know everybody should be doing it to some degree there you go yeah batman uh climate change was the other one i was gonna say that kind of comes into play at the very tail end of uh the batman 22 that definitely also affects agriculture and yeah sometimes it's just the the weather sucks and it's a bad growing year for everybody that grew corn or tomatoes or whatever you know and that natural disasters and shit play into this a lot too but uh yeah that's that's about the end of the gardening and bat, batman connections uh i guess before we get like too deep into the movie we should probably mention that neil adams died yesterday who uh, arguably can be credited as having saved the Batman comics in the, I think, late 60s and early 70s. Uh, I watched a pretty great video about this. I, I think I've shouted this guy out on the show before, but uh, the YouTube channel Comic Tropes has a pretty great... Uh, they have a couple videos, actually, that kind of focus on some uh, Neil Adams stuff. But yeah, the one... The one I watched last night was basically titled something to the degree of why did Batman comics get so goofy in like the Silver Age, which is like, I think, like the late 30s to early 50s kind of era. And the really like, I think kind of what it comes down to is uh, Batman comics were kind of in a slump. I think they had been they'd had a really good run towards the beginning of the Batman comics, which I think I'm bad with names and I'm bad with years. So if I totally bungle this, like feel free to correct me at home. But uh, I think the Batman comics started in the late twenties, early thirties. And uh, in the beginning parts of the Batman comics, it was really kind of the same thing. Every single issue it's, it's Batman and like kind of a gangster type, villain that has like a different gimmick and by the end of the issue batman would have like kind of you know done his world's greatest detective thing and figured out who who the bad guy is and you know caught him basically uh that didn't really change for a really long time until like about the time robin was introduced as a character which issue uh, number 33 or no issue number 38 38 okay so that's yeah that's really only like a couple issues or a couple years into publication i think i don't remember if this was a weekly or quarterly or monthly or whatever kind of uh run for comics back in the day i didn't uh, see that but i did see don't mean to cut you off oh no you're fine but uh before you get back out on the open road uh detective comics number 27 in may 1939 was oh, okay. the appearance of Batman in the case of the Chemical Syndicate. Yep, that sounds right. And then the origin story, so that was Detective Comics number 27. The origin story was number 33, and Robin was issue 38, and then in the 40s was when it started being its own comic. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. 
that's a little later than I than I thought. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, that still matches up. So yeah, and really like I didn't I didn't really see a whole lot, but uh, I kind of assume the reason that Robin was introduced as a character is kind of the same reason that the you know just in general the writing for the Batman comics got progressively goofier, and it's because they were like uh, definitely by I'd say like the early '60s, so a little bit before like the Adam West show had come out the comics got really goofy and it was because superman comics were outselling them on like a, a pretty much monthly basis and not just like the superman comic but you know stuff like lois lane or fucking jimmy olsen was outselling batman <laughs> so uh yeah they kind of uh uh they kind of uh were you know the, the content and the story and stuff of the Batman comics, I think, is basically just kind of trying to do the same thing as the Superman comics. And it worked for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I think it got to a point where uh, sales for DC for the Batman titles were so bad that they were thinking about just canceling them all together. Uh, so I think they had a massive overhaul of writers and editors and stuff on this thing, which there's always been a zillion people that have worked on the Batman comics. Like there's some controversy about um, Bob Kane and uh, how he is mostly like he he's the only one that has his name on a lot of the earlier Batman comics, which in fact like were written by a shit ton of people and drawn and had art by a ton of people, but they didn't tend to really give those people credit in the books back in the, like early thirties, like they, if they didn't have to, they like weren't going to. Uh, and so like fast forward to like all this time when Neil Adams comes along, he didn't get a start at DC. Like he had to, I think really try to uh, break into the comics industry at this point. I know he worked on like some Archie stuff at first and like some of the, like, I guess you'd say like lower tier DC stuff. Like there's like a Jerry Lewis comic book, and like goofy shit like that and neil adams is gonna start like drawing and writing a whole bunch of those and he like worked his ass off i think to finally get to the point where they're like all right batman is in bad shape like if you can't turn this book around within like the next six months like you neil adams and these other people we're probably going to shit can it and uh yeah so i mean i don't really know i'm sure the obvious answer was just to go back to the roots and make Batman more of like a crime detective book with, you know, shades of, you know, old, old school noir stuff. And, you know, a little bit like some of it's like a little bit creepier. Uh, that, that was another, I think one of Neil Adams, like earlier works that got him really noticed as he did an issue of creepy or a story in creepy magazine, which was like uh, kind of a late, uh, you know, it, it was it was just like the the tales from the crypt comics basically so yeah at some point neil adams was writing and drawing all the batman comics and kind of uh did, did just like a reset on it basically like all all the goofy shit has kind of been tossed to the side and it just got back to its roots and it got a little spookier and it worked it, it the sales for batman comics like started to get a lot higher and like uh yeah he he created a bunch of new villains too because a lot of the 
like Joker has been used a zillion times. Uh, or earlier portrayals of characters like the Penguin have really, <laughs> like, the Penguin in the earlier comics is nothing like uh, what's his face in the in the new Batman movie. He was a goofy, gimmicky, just like cartoon character basically. And uh, yeah, I think Neil Adams was like, we desperately need some new villains, so he created uh, Man Bat, which is one of my favorite episodes of the animated series of Batman. I think that might have been one of the first episodes of I, of that show that I saw as a kid. Uh, but he created Man Bat. He created Razal Ghoul, who's like kind of a, I guess you call him like a necromancer kind of. Uh, they got a lot of mileage out of him and his daughter Talia Al Ghoul, uh, who has kind of a, a similar relationship with Batman as like Catwoman, where she's kind of a love interest but sometimes she's kind of a villain like she can kind of play both sides of things and i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think maybe like there might be a book somewhere where uh, bruce wayne and talia al ghul are supposed to get married and she gets killed or something it's been it's been a while since i've read read some of these but uh that's probably i mean i didn't read a lot of mainstream comics uh and not that all of the batmans were mainstream but i think the only batman i read in its entirety except for whatever i might have when i was really young was the killing joke yeah which uh yeah that, that's that's a little bit later like that that's kind of the great thing is like it's really i mean a zillion people have worked on batman comics but like every i don't know 10 or 20 years ago something like cataclysmic happens in the batman comics neil adams for sure uh and then yeah then it kind of does that for like a little while and then i think eventually we get to like uh the frank miller stuff in the 80s and yeah alan moore doing the killing joke was like a huge huge deal uh jim lee doing hush and like some of the other stuff he that that comes a little bit later but hush is a super important comic and batman stuff uh i grew up i mean i was born in 86 so like by the time i was reading batman comics it was the early 90s and i've talked about this on some other shows but yeah the early 90s were a really interesting time of comics because everything's kind of started to get a little bit more grown up it was around the time todd mcfarlane created image comics and spawn was a huge success so then everything kind of like, like art imitates art imitates art, basically, like every, everything kind of started to get a little bit more darker, and like kind of a harder edge. So I grew up in the, the pointy ear era of Batman, as it's called, when things got really weird, but like still were fairly grounded and rooted in like crime detective stories and horror and noir and just like stuff that like you so you naturally associate with batman like i think the the adam west show like love it or hate it was kind of a detriment to the overall image of batman and like almost sunk it because like the show was a huge success but I think people got super burnt out on it really fast. And like, it is like kind of uh, like I, you could do a whole show on just the Adam West uh, TV series and how that kind of like almost fucking killed Batman. Basically, like it was a huge success for a while. But then like, yeah, everybody's just like, wow, Bat it can't be Batman is 
uh, not the Batman that like it was originally intended to be. And it kind of like, yeah, it, it comes and goes and has to get back to its roots like every every so often. And like all all great art is Batman is like, I think, the top selling like comic series, you know, on a pretty regular basis and has been for at least the last 30 or 40 years. But yeah, it's been around for almost 100 fucking years at this point. Like, uh, so. I don't know. It's it's a bad Batman is definitely my first love of comics. I have a big, ugly Batman tattoo on my shoulder that I got when I was like 23 that I would love to fix. Uh, the kind of funny story about that one is I went with like probably the most generic image of Batman that I could find because I don't really hold anyone like Batman has had so many different looks and styles and feels that like picking a favorite is pretty much impossible. I mean, I have like some of like obviously I, I'm, I'm beholden to the pointy-eared Batman of the early 90s comics, but I also really love the movies and I definitely grew up on the, the Tim Burton batman movies and later the you know schumacher ones but uh trying to nail down one specific look of batman that i'm gonna want on me for the rest of my life and be like that is my favorite is an absolutely impossible task so i went with a slightly modified version of the teaser poster for batman begins that had uh come out like a year or two before i think that i think i got this tattoo like right around the time the dark knight was getting ready to come out so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to love Batman. If there's one thing that like I can have tattooed on my body for the rest of my life, Batman's a pretty safe choice. <laughs> uh, the other thing about Neil Adams, a uh, huge advocate for uh, creators rights and was like a big push for like, Hey, everybody that worked on this book should like be getting paid what they should be getting paid and they should all get credit in the fucking book. So he was a big proponent. Like it wasn't like that for a really long time. And he was one. It was like, uh, you know, these are kind of my I'm kind of a big deal now. So these are my demands. You're going to credit everybody and pay everybody what they should be getting paid. Yeah, that was where I had really only first heard about him was seeing that he was such a one an early advocate for Jack Kirby. Yep. Jack Kirby over at Marvel and Bill Finger over at DC. Bill Finger was the guy that like, I think probably more than Bob Kane could be credited as like being one of the original creators of Batman. And yeah, largely, largely him and like a bunch of other people went uncredited for like a really long time. And I think that's uh, similar stuff happened over at Marvel with, you know, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and those guys. And yeah, uh, Neil Adams, I think was one of the earlier people speak out and be like, you know what, this is kind of bullshit. My kind of guy. I mean, like, yeah, a lot of these older comic dudes are, they're, they're getting up there in age and yeah, it's important to, you know, it's important that they should get credit for, you know, the stuff that they created and, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a whole to do about that in regards to the fucking Marvel movies also, like they're, they're definitely super guilty of, you know, (laughs) best case scenario, you get a special thanks at the end of 10 million names in the end credits <laughs> of an mcu movie or whatever but uh yeah you should, you should send them a check man you're disney you got a billion fucking billions and billions and billions of dollars pay these guys haha how do you think i got those billions of billions of dollars <laughs> yeah which we, we've talked about that on another show too about the the scooping up of ips like rapidly <laughs> but uh editing yeah. out 
editing editing out Daryl Hannah's button splash. Yeah, stupid shit like that. They, they they were even doing it to their own stuff. I saw like Falcon and Winter Soldier had some like blood or something like taken out of an episode, which I was like, what really? And then Moon Knight just came out and it's like full of blood and shit. And it's definitely not like I wouldn't really I think kids would be bored by it for the most part. But it's also like fairly bloody and has some pretty disturbing theme themes, like not anywhere near on par, like with what I understand is in the Moon Knight comics. But for a Disney Plus original series, I'm talking like those those kind of standards. It's pretty it's it's pretty edgy compared to some of this other stuff. So I hope they don't go back and look, oh, no, what have we done? We have to edit out all this blood and shit. Um, aside from when we did, not you and I, but we, the show, did Black Panther. Or not Black Panther. Black Klansman. Because we still have not done any of the Black Panther movies. Or any of the movies about Black Panthers. Judas and the Black Messiah, one of these days. But anyway, this might be the most recent current as of recording, of course, if you're listening in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Hope you've got those gardens going. <laughs> yeah, this movie like just came out, what, like in February or something? It, it went from theaters to HBO Max really quickly, so I did not... It's actually still... It's on HBO Max right now as we're recording this, and it's still playing at my local theaters and probably one of the uh, you know theaters, the little baby theaters in the back, but that probably means there's still people going to see this in the theater. So, uh, yeah, this like just came out. I totally did not go see this in the theater because I kind of knew HBO Max would swoop it up pretty quick, but I didn't think they'd do it that quick. So, yeah, I just watched this last weekend. I saw it, I think, a couple days before you did. It's I've got release date in the U.S. was March 4th. Oh, shit. That's super quick. That's barely two months to go from theater to streaming. So, uh, should we just say spoiler review? I might have to actually edit out that thing you said early on in the garden talk. Or is that something that everybody knows about from the trailers? I didn't watch any of the trailers. Uh, I don't know if it's in the trailer, but I don't know if it really, like... I don't know how much it's spoiled. Well, yeah, I guess it kind of does spoil. Whatever. You should probably watch this if you're listening to this. Uh, it's it's on HBO Max. I mean, or like I said, it's still playing in like a bunch of theaters. It's been out for two months. Uh, yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not watched the movie, uh, I'm, I'm just going to assume that you have. Otherwise, it's going to be kind of difficult. But you got about 20 minutes or so of basic Batman history and stuff and now you can pause it and join Go watch us the movie if, yeah. it's really it's really good i guess we i mean we could say that without like spoiling or anything like i we already I did the, the spoiler sh- alert why it might as it, well well yeah true but yeah i i did just to get it out of the way at the start i do really recommend this movie uh especially for old-time batman fans if you have not watched this yet uh it's it is a bit on the long side uh, 30 three hours is uh that's a that's a big old girthy fucking movie to have to swallow in an afternoon. But uh, really, that's my only complaint is I wish it was like a smidge shorter. Other than that, I absolutely fucking love this movie and uh, wish that we could have gotten to something like this a lot sooner than dicking around with like the, the Ben Affleck JLA 
universe batman but you know whatever i guess we have to get that out of the way to circle back around and get it back to its roots because uh yeah this is basically it really did live up to like what my expectations were from seeing the trailers like last year or the year before or whatever which is that this is basically like the tim burton movies crossed with like seven crossed with like a fucking early 90s grunge music video So I'm like, oh, God damn it. It all works so perfectly. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, there, there's your non-spoiler review right there. I, I love this movie. Go yeah. go watch it. But, Good uh, movie. It's longish. I quite enjoyed it as well. But I, I guess we should say before we get into the more extensiveness of it. Who was your first Batman outside of the comic? I mean, it's either Michael Keaton or Kevin Conroy. I can't remember if I saw the animated series or if I saw the the Michael Keaton movie first, but it would have been one of those two. And it, like I used to watch the reruns of the Adam West show at my grandma's house on cable, like really early on too. So like I, mean, I guess it would really be those three. I got taken at a very young age to see the first Tim Burton Batman in the theater. Ah, uh, that was pretty much my first Batman. I thought it was cool. Everybody's got the ones that they don't like. I feel like a lot of people don't like the George Clooney ones. Yeah. Yeah, the the Schumacher. Like, I think Val Kilmer makes a pretty good Bruce Wayne, and he's an okay Batman. He's just in kind of a bad Batman movie. And kind of same with Batman and Robin. Like, I I think that movie has a great cast. They're just not being used very well, and it's like so corny that it's like kind of painful, and is that that has gotten worse over time. In fact, uh, so yeah, I, I, those I'm not super great on. I don't know a lot of the like, like pretty much from like Batman versus Superman on until like all of the you know, the last bunch of movies. None of this like. I, I guess I should probably say that, like, I'm not really big into a lot of the other DC stuff. Like, I'm not really interested in a shared DC universe because I just do not give a fuck about, like, Aquaman or Flash or, like, really, like, Superman. Like, a lot of that stuff is just not my jam. And I don't mind when they show up in, like, Batman comics and stuff. And I know enough about them that I'm, like, vaguely familiar with them. But... I guess I just don't really give a shit about a movie universe like based on that. Like, I, I, like Marvel's doing fine with that stuff. DC should focus more on like you know little, little, little one shot movies like this and Joker. I think they've had like way more success with than, and like I, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably in the minority on this amongst comic book fans that like I don't really give a shit about any of the rest of the stuff. But I, I know lots of people do because these movies keep on making shitloads of money, even if it's like, oh, the the disappointing box office of Ju- the Justice League movie. It made three quarters of a billion dollars. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's still so much money. Uh, but yeah, that, I'm not super sure where I was going with all that. But uh, so you yeah. you're happy that uh, when. Batfleck dropped out of the project. Uh, Matt Reeves and Peter Craig got rid of the DC extended universe shit that was in the script for this. Yeah, I actually did. Yeah, I didn't know that they had originally planned this as, yeah, like part of all that. And, you know, 
Ben Affleck is he he's fine. I don't like super hate him as Batman. I think he makes a pretty okay Bruce Wayne. Uh his Batman I think his Batman suit is goofy looking. I think he he plays Batman pretty okay, but like yeah, I don't know. None of that shit was just like really my jam at all because it relied so much on trying to do the Marvel thing and trying to interconnect five billion stories with characters that I just don't give a shit about, basically. So uh yeah, I was I was pretty happy when yeah, this one started coming out and I was like, Oh, thank god it has nothing to do with any of the rest of those. Well, I guess the Christian Bale movies show a a glimpse of his earliest part of being Batman, but this one I think we're we're into talking about the movie. So everybody Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah this one jump jumps into it. You don't get the and yeah, holy shit. The, yeah, the sort of big spoiler. They don't do the flashback to, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents being shot in Crime Alley and the pearls and all the shit that's in literally every other goddamn Batman movie that's ever been fucking made, except for maybe the Adam West Batman movie. <laughs> so fucking uh, yeah, that this this movie's a, a great, like a lot of movies have tried to do the, the subvert your expectations kind of deal. This, this one totally does. And it's got lots of material to draw from where it's like, okay, let's not do that again. They've seen that in like 12 other movies at this point. So let's, let's not do that. Let's jump right in. You know who fucking Batman is. If you're going to go see the Batman movie, then yeah, it really uh, just kind of throws them into like a crime scene basically, which uh, setting this on Halloween is like, I think, the one callback to, uh, did you ever read The Long Halloween? No, but I've heard it mentioned. Is that the one it's... Hush is in? Um, I know Hush is in a lar- longer um, arc, or that character. Uh, but I don't think so, but I kind of forget. It's been, it's been a couple of years since I've read it, and I kind of forget how The Long Halloween ends, but it's sort of... Uh, I guess it's kind of similar to this movie too, in that like it's it, it's they both start off on Halloween's, and then like every holiday after that, in the book, every holiday after that, a new like crime boss or mafia, big mafia guy gets knocked off by who they think is like probably the same killer. Uh, the the book and the movie do not have like the same uh, central villains. I, I won't spoil the book for you, but it doesn't. It's I don't think it's the Riddler. I think he might pop up in it. Like they kind of like to do the the, the rogues gallery, which uh, Hush is a great example of like they took like all of the best like uh, Batman villains and give them like something to do. And they're drawn beautifully by Jim Lee and I forget who else worked on that book. But uh, yeah, the, the Long Halloween is another. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of a longer book, but it's totally worth checking out. And it's kind of similar to this movie a little bit. Yeah, Halloween night of Batman's second year of being Batman. Cause it's, I think it's uh, said somewhere when he's journaling, it's year two. Oh, which I love those voiceovers. We got to talk about that for just a second. What a great, like uh, what a great voice Robert Pattinson has in this and how well the fucking voiceover diary narrations work. <laughs> they sound, uh, they, they sound like they should like, it, yeah, it's like, it's like a grunge album. It's what it all kind of remind, reminds me of. And then, yeah, they actually used fucking Nirvana in the soundtrack. I think that's the only 
piece of licensed music in this, except for maybe some of the techno that plays in the club later. But uh, and yeah, then that becomes kind of the over overall musical theme kind of like it keeps coming back to like you know a couple notes here and there that of uh what the hell is the song called <laughs> i totally just spaced it was something in uh, the way something in the way that's it yeah which is yeah such a such a weird choice like in a movie like this like why you wouldn't just you know it's it's, it's again the superior expectations thing you go into this expecting danny elfman or something Danny Elfman like because he's been writing the music to the Batman. He's like the John Williams to Star Wars as, you know, Danny Elfman to Batman. Like that Batman theme is iconic only on, you know, and only exceeded maybe by the, the fucking theme song to the Adam West Batman show, which is, you know, also super iconic. But uh, yeah, this, this movie is just like, hey, what about Nirvana? <laughs> and then... I forget who the composer is on this, but yeah, he basically just like extrapolated an entire score kind of based around that song. And it works so fucking great. Michael something. Um... I'm recording on my phone. So I'm scared to look it up and back out of Skype <laughs> for fear that it'll do something stupid while we're kind of on a roll. Me, Michael Giacchino or Giacchino. Uh, okay. Um, Collaborates with J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird, Matt Reeves, the Wachowskis, Taika Waititi. So he's probably done like a little bit of everything, basically. Yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Zootopia, Rogue One, Spider-Man. <laughs> I, think, I think he did the new Star Trek He's uh, doing the new movies. Thor, Love and Thunder music. Yeah, that little like... plinky piano. It pops up yeah. and uh, Ave Maria, whatever that, if that's actually, I don't know if that's called Ave Maria, but that song pops up a couple times. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's the other like song song that's in this, which is, yeah, I used like, so <laughs> I think that one is maybe a little bit overused, but like, it's always, I don't know, there's a reason and they do it like, you know, they do it differently a few times all the way up until when like the Riddler is actually just like singing it to fucking Batman. And uh, yeah, I'd love to snag the Blu-ray of this and hopefully there's like a special feature just about the music on this thing because I think it's like fascinating just like on its own, the choices that they did and that they used in this movie. Yeah, the, the 4K Blu-ray comes out next month. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I will probably pick that up. I saw a lot of people complaining that they thought this movie was like super dark and like uh, even like, you know, this isn't, you know, just... Like like friends friends that know a lot about like cinematography and stuff like how had a lot of complaints about how this movie was shot, and I I could maybe understand that. I mean, this definitely is a movie designed to be seen in the theater, where your eyes adjust to the contrast and the color and stuff a certain way rather than watching it on TV at home. Uh, but also, when you're watching something like this on HBO Max, the video quality is going to be super duper compressed, and it's just kind of inherently going to look like shit no matter what you do or no matter how nice your TV is. Like when it's coming, coming down the, you know, the old internet tube or internet pipe, uh, it's not gonna, not gonna look as good as, you know, Blu-ray or something. So I would advise the people, the folks that thought this looked like shit, but if they watched it on HBO max and pick up the Blu-ray that's coming out or yeah, if you, if you got the nice setup, you know, like I'm sure there'll be like a, of you know 4k ultra hd kind of release of this i bet i bet it looks gorgeous because i did see a big i think it was the cinematographer was on twitter 
a week or two ago that was addressing a lot of people's complaints and it was just like this hundred tweet long thread about like okay well here's this and this has this relate to you know you know photo theory basically and like all this like the dude knows his shit for sure like a lot of you know this was all intentional it wasn't like a guy that didn't know what the fuck he was doing like so. right. i mean he did dune <laughs> he did last year's dune yeah he did what rogue one and zero dark 30 which i i remember at the time rogue one came out i had kind of similar complaints about that one is like what people are saying about batman i was like, like i think the color palette of this movie is ugly and everything is muddy and washed out looking and i don't know the more i've thought about it the more i go think back on that i'm like well, it's a fucking war movie, so that was definitely an intentional choice. Like, it's not gonna look like you know, you know, Thor Ragnarok. It's gonna it's gonna look muddy and dirty and beat up kind of because it's you know, kind of harkening back to the war movies of like the fifties and sixties and stuff, which all kind of looked similar to that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think people were a little harsh on the 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 visuals in this movie. I thought this movie looked gorgeous and was very evocative and it's definitely a low light movie but i mean that's that's kind of it goes along with the content and the story even too like a lot of this takes place at night so of course everything's going to be dark and batman hangs out in the shadows and shit and uh yeah it's it's election time so it's fall <laughs> yes it's it never stops raining in gotham like almost fucking ever and yeah it just it reminds me of england or <laughs> like how i think about it over there it's just cloudy and rainy and kind of depressing all the fucking time in Gotham. I know people will fight to the death over this, but I kind of always thought of Gotham being like Chicago and Metropolis being New York. Um, People go back and forth, especially in their movie depictions. But I mean, even one of the fucking, the one with the Joker in it, uh, the Keith Led Heath Ledger Joker, the school buses have Illinois license plates. But it's it it's mostly ambiguous. I know I know that, but it yeah. it does kind of remind me of a Midwest fall. Just it's kind of cold and it's rainy, and the the elevated trains make me think more of Chicago area than New York. Yeah, which it gets it gets tricky in movies because a lot of the time uh, shooting in New York has always been so fucking expensive. So you get stuff like uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, which is actually shot in fucking Vancouver. And uh, like so like I was I I always thought of Gotham as like as New York because the way New York is so often portrayed in movies like from when I was growing up is that it's like scuzzy and fucking rains all the time. It just looks like, just looks like a shithole kind of. And then I always thought of Metropolis as like, I don't know, like Washington DC or something. It's like, you know, it's, it's also a humongous city, but it's a little, a little more cleaned up, which I'm sure is not accurate at all of what Washington DC is actually like. I've never been there. So I don't really, uh, about the closest I've been to there would be like Richmond, Virginia, which definitely looks like kind of a fucking rough town, but, uh, <laughs> depends on where you go in DC. My parents were taking me down to DC for protests since I since I was little, so it's definitely been a expanding experience of the city. You know, at very first, it's just Washington DC is museums and right. the White House, and then you know you get older and 
you know, for me, after I got into punk, I mean, the DC punk scene is historic. And, but yeah, uh, it depends on where you are in DC. The places where the politicians go is very nice. And there are some spots that can get rough. There's the parts of the cities that get forgotten. Which, I mean, they would, you know, there's a reason that they need Superman and Metropolis. Like, not all of it is, you know, the big skylines and, you know, the the, the rich people and shit. There's got to be a rough side of Metropolis, too. Like, other, otherwise, you wouldn't need Bat or uh, Superman. But yeah, it's, it, it reminds me, of, it makes me think of Vegas, too. Like, everybody's idea of, like, what Vegas is like as a city is, like, all based around, like, the strip and the casinos and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, there's, like, this whole other, like, huge chunk of Vegas that's just an absolute shithole that you want to stay the fuck away from. North Vegas. Uh, but... Yeah, Gotham, like for 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 all its faults and the uh, the fact that like even as a kid, I was like, man, I would totally love to live in Gotham. Everything just looks like spooky and creepy and like kind of miserable, but like in like kind of a I don't know, it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> this is this is probably my earlier dealings with yeah, yeah like uh, you know, just just stuff stuff with like like a lot harder edge. I think I've always been drawn to even as a little kid. And Batman has that in spades, especially the look of Gotham got the gothic sort of architectural feel yeah, exactly yeah the, the, the old animated series like the the background stuff is like so incredible gotham is just like it was so weird architecturally but yeah like once you get like into the nitty-gritty like batman like up on a ledge or whatever there's gargoyles and shit everywhere like all of the cars look like they're from the 50s like it's it's such like like so many strange like so amalgamation of you know different influences like 50s noir and you know early like minimalist sci-fi stuff and like gothic architecture and horror movies and like all this shit just kind of rolled up into a big old fucking soup and then this one is sort of more modern you know we've got the bat batman not well he's called the batman in this but i didn't mean to call him the batman um or I don't know if you saw also recently in the news and somewhat pertinent to this episode, hockey, the NHL Stanley Cup champions from last year went to the White House and uh, President Biden called the commissioner, whose name is Gary Bettman, Gary Batman. And now ah, there sweet. are so many memes <laughs> flying around. Uh, Gary Batman. I, I think more... Uh, Almost as many or more people dislike Gary Batman, 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 whatever his name is. <laughs> he gets booed every time he shows up in places. Ah. But anyway, yeah, this is a dark, rainy, dreary. It is a Batman that is befitting for something in the way, which is yep. about feeling stuck in a bleak situation. And that's this. I mean, Batman is still trying to figure his shit out. He's getting, he's not impervious. You know, later on, Batman's just running around like you've maxed out all your stats in the video game. Usually the villain, the ultimate villain, getting some shit. But like here, at the beginning, you know, there's the gang of kids that almost look affiliated with the Joker. But, you know... (laughs) They I thought they have, looked almost affiliated with the Juggalos. Yeah, they got the grease paint, and they're 
having fun taking videos of doing the knockout thing, which actually happened to me once. I don't know if I ever like told a, you about that. Like a like, well, because they're doing like gang initiation type shit, aren't they? Because one yes. kid only has his face painted halfway, and yep, they, and they want him to knock out, knock out the poor nerdy kid. Yep, they got to get him on video. But yeah, I was uh, <laughs> the last time right. I ever wore rollerblades. You're on the receiving end of one of those? Yes. I Uh, was practicing hockey in the parking lot behind my apartment building, and a car full of dudes rolls up, about five or six of them, got up. One of them ran up, punched me in the face. uh, They took off. Because I was was like, oh, shit, I am fucked right now (laughs) because I'm on wheels. I can't get away. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How old were you when this happened? Uh, I was in my 20s. By myself in a parking lot. (laughs) Uh, But you know, I felt sucks. Just one of those, one of those uh, perfect moments. Because I mean, I was about (laughs) fifty feet away from a bar, so that's the first place I went when I regained consciousness. Actually, because I went and got Uh. drunk. (laughs) It's not the best thing to do, but my jaw fucking hurt. It's probably cheaper than going to Instacare or Urgent Care or whatever. Right, right. (laughs) If my jaw starts... Fuck it, there's a bar right there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it was was one of those... I'm a friendly guy. I've got some friends. Uh, A friend of mine found out who did it and told me not to worry about them anymore. Not like in a gangster sort of way, (laughs) but in a don't worry about that, you're not going to get fucked with kind of way. Yeah. That was kind of cool. But yeah, it fucking happens. Not just in the Batman cartoons. Well, and um, I don't really know what the point of telling that story was. Should I leave it in? Uh, yeah, no, because, yeah, it's no, it's relatable to the opening of this movie, which I think is like a really uh, cool, classic and smart kind of way of opening this movie, which is, you know, Batman doing small town shit like just you know stopping a kid from getting fucking punched or whatever it's it doesn't always have to be like a we gotta save the fucking whole world because this giant you know space starfish or whatever is gonna like you know bring the end of humanity or whatever i like the batman stories because they're a little more a little more relatable you know it's, it's you know even you know shit like that even happens in like small towns or whatever so uh yeah and it also like kind of i think sets very quickly the morality of our new Batman, which is like, you know, he's not using at least most of the time in this movie, not using like deadly means of like apprehending, you know, suspects or stopping crime or whatever, uh, which has always been like a, a, a point of drama in the comics is like where, you know, he, he pretty early on draws the line. The, the first bunch of Batman comics have him using a gun pretty frequently, which is something they put the kibosh on pretty, like pretty quickly and like established that it's like, uh, no, this is, this is a canon thing that he doesn't use. He doesn't use guns and he doesn't kill people, which, you know, you know they, they've, they've gone back and forth on kind of, you know, in the comics for sure, to a degree, kind of in the movies that I think like people have kind of a valid point about the, the Affleck ones about him, like, you know, running people over blowing up people in fucking cars and clearly fucking murdering people like you push it to a point where like having the the most brutal and the most you know savage batman it's like uh it's kind of against his character dudes that's not really how he is and 
Yeah, thankfully, yet another thing that this new movie kind of resets is that he, you know, he doesn't kill, he doesn't use guns, he doesn't, it's pretty early on in Batman, you know, being Batman, so he doesn't have like a ton of fucking super crazy shit at his disposal. Like the Batmobile barely shows up in this movie. But it still looks rad as fuck. It looks rad as fuck, but it's also like clearly like kind of a prototype. You know, it's not like the the super decked out, like, you know, not recognizable as like being a car before kind of deal. It's 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 old like fucking muscle car that's just got like a rocket engine on the back of it. (laughs) His glider suit. Oh, yeah. The squirrel suit. Yeah. Which like is, you know. This this does take place in modern times and yeah that's that's not you know a super out of the like fifty years ago no nobody nobody owned squirrel suits except for maybe like the military and they were just testing them out but now that's like a reasonable thing that somebody that's like fucking Elon Musk levels of rich could own a squirrel suit <laughs> that's realistic I think yeah and the being early on and not being able to fly perfectly shit was nice. Uh, I mean, can you blame him? I'm sure he hasn't had a lot of practice flying that fucking scary ass thing around a, a city. Like those are those are meant for jumping off mountains where like you got plenty of space to be able to land because it's not it's, it's not not a not a perfect science. I'm sure. Glide your way to the water landing. Uh, yep. Or hope on top hope of you bus or... <laughs> hope you don't fucking hope you don't die. Yeah. But then he has shit like the the contact lens camera, which is awesome. Yeah, so that's that's about as high tech and sci fi as this this, one, this movie gets. I don't know. I I bet something like that probably exists, but only in like a top secret like military use kind of fashion. But you know, it's it's like a lot of a lot of great sci fi. Give it thirty years, and that'll probably be a fucking real thing at some point that like everybody has. We won't have cell phones anymore. It'll just be like eye and ear fucking, you know, implant type of things. I think they talked about that in Futurama. Yeah, I mean, this is, I know we're not going to go point by point for other purposes other than it just being so very new. But this is a cool detective comics type DC thing where he's solving solving crimes the the riddler of course i think that is not a surprise to anybody that the riddler is the main villain or one of the main villains in this uh he's he's on the poster so yeah that's not really uh his his performance was pretty surprising i was like kind of i was really surprised that, yeah this i mean i guess what it, what it makes me think of is uh uh, like how, how pissed off a lot of parents were with the even like the Tim Burton Batman movies came out, especially like where Batman Returns, how dark and gnarly that is. Uh, so that's not really a new thing for Batman movies per se, but yeah, it, I, I I feel a little bit bad for parents that end up taking their kids to the, like this newer Batman movie and how fucking brutal the Riddler is in this because he's totally modeled after like zodiac and like does a lot of a lot of similar shit and reminds me of like jigsaw the the fucking the insane rat trap that he puts on one of the one of the victims or whatever this is like a that was the that was the commissioner right i think so yeah jim gordon's not the commissioner yet in this 
that's right yeah yeah he's he's detective detective gordon uh but yeah the the riddler is a pretty gnarly villain in this one i almost don't think like uh you really need a whole lot more than that in this movie like that that's kind of how like one of the comics would play out like you know they don't not every comic is going to have 10 different super villains in it. Like you kind of focus on just a couple of them and write your story around that. But uh, yeah, Paul Dano is fucking insane in this movie. And it's like, so, so scary. I think like, uh, like even just the first murder, like that this movie opens with where he's like fucking bashing in the mayor's head with like a fucking, what is it like a carpeting tool or something? Yeah, well, the the one cop that recognizes it calls it a Tucker. Uh, that's what it, he's, yeah. What he's talking to Batman. He's like, right, my uncle's an installer. It's a, it's a Tucker. Yeah, it's it's basically like a combination, like, ball-peen hammer and, like, metal scraper-looking thing. And, yeah, he just, like, bashes this dude's fucking brains. And you don't see a lot of it, but, like, the amount of violence that's implied in this movie is, uh, like, I, I think all of it saves it from its from getting a fucking R rating, which I would be totally cool with an R rated Batman movie. Some, some of the animated stuff is pretty like the find on HBO max is pretty out there and pretty fucking like, there's a reason they didn't submit it to the, to the ratings board when it's just going to go straight to DVD kind of thing. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the Batman movies have always kind of pushed the, the PG 13 rating and like you can kind of get away with some stuff that, like other other movies, I think have tried this stuff. They'd get an R rating, probably. Uh, speaking of Paul Dano and uh, Robert Pattinson, above expectations performances, and I highly enjoyed them. I think there were so many jokes about Twilight Batman and shit. Yeah, but you do with the source material what you can, and so. Robert Pattinson and uh, Kristen Stewart did good jobs playing those awful characters uh, in the Twilight movies. They, well, they, they both they both done stuff since then that's like a great you know kind of exhibit of what they can do as actors. Like I, I look no further than the Lighthouse for Robert Pattinson. Like him and Willem Dafoe fucking just run the circles around that movie. Like. And uh, Kristen Stewart's done some good stuff since then. I haven't seen her in way a lot of stuff that like immediately springs to mind. But yeah, they they, they both good. done it. Which one? I liked uh, her in Underwater. I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard it's. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's one. Uh, she's underwater. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm calling right. it. I I think that's yeah. I think that's what that movie was called. Uh. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She's pretty great. She doesn't. Catwoman's another character that's like been like thoroughly explored, like in a couple of different movies and like, uh, yeah. And even, even back to like the TV show, they got a lot of mileage out of Catwoman because you need the, you need at least like one good female voice. Like, and that's, that's something I think like the, Batman Stewart comics and stories haven't really like I'd say struggled with like there are some pretty good female characters in that universe it all kind of just depends on how you use them and who they're being played by like 
obviously like Michelle Pfeiffer is fucking incredible as Catwoman of Batman Returns. And like there's like this whole like she she gets like a real different arc than like usual because usually yeah she's like a cat burglar like she is in this one and like there isn't really <laughs> you don't get like the uh uh the like repressed secretary kind of shit like you get in Batman Returns or you know traumatic head head injury obsession with cats probably already like got lots of mental illness stuff going on and then. And then she becomes Catwoman and becomes like a whole new, like weird kinky kind of thing. <laughs> Batman returns. Uh, this one, I think goes back a little bit more to the roots where, yeah, she's like basically kind of a low key, like, you know, thief and burglar and stuff, which you don't really find out until a little bit later in the movie. They don't really, they establish really quick that she's Selena Kyle and she's like kind of working in the club and stuff, but like, yeah, they don't really get into her as like, you know, Catwoman until a little bit later in the movie, I think, basically. But uh yeah, Zoe Kravitz is fucking great. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I've seen her in, but uh she is amazing in this movie. I think she was in one of the newer X-Men movies. Hmm. But I kind of forget a lot, a lot of those newer X-Men movies, and I've missed some of them, so I might not have even seen the one she's in. And oh, yeah. I mostly know Jeffrey Wright from the Westworld series. Yeah, he's in tons and tons of shit. Him as Jim Gordon. I, I, the casting for this, I nobody felt out of place for me in this. You know, some characters are just, what the fuck? And people are going to do that no matter who you pick for anything, but uh. especially with comic book things. How did you feel about Andy Serkis as uh, Alfred the Butler? I like it if Alfred is kind of a bodyguard who became a butler. Yeah. Which it kind of seems like that's the way they're going with this, where he was talking about how it was his job to protect him, and he's thinking about his days back in the service where he learned how to decode ciphers and shit. So he kind of seems like that's that type of character, but I have no idea if that's something they ever explored in the comic. And I, I know they don't have to stick to that, but I no, it's I kind of see... a, it's kind of a new angle to it because yeah, in the past, I mean, like, no offense to the people that have played Alfred and the Butler, but like they're all a lot older and like yeah, a little a little more feeble, like. uh Oh God, the the names are all slipping me. But uh, yeah, the the gentleman that plays him in the all the Tim Burton and Schumacher movies, he's he's you know pushing eighty. And yeah, they don't really they don't really get into yeah that aspect of it. Right? I don't remember for the other ones. Yeah, Michael Caine, he's he's quite a bit older, even though the Batman that Christian Bale is ostensibly playing is a little bit on the younger side, at least in like Batman Begins. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Andy Circus has got to be one of the younger dudes to have played Alfred, except for in like the you know the the TV series, like the Penny. I saw that they did did one called Pennyworth that I assume is all about young Alfred or whatever. But uh, yeah, they don't really get into the guilt part of it a whole lot. Usually, like usually, it's Bruce Wayne that's carrying all the guilt about his parents being killed, and they don't really get into 
Like, I, I guess they do some, like, mostly Alfred is, doesn't so much feel like a sense of guilt. He just feels a sense of loss because of the way it's where, you know, like his, you know, like his, his surrogate parents and his boss and like his, you know, his whole life revolved around them, basically. So mostly he feels a lot of loss, but they don't really get into like if he was, you know, directly responsible for them being, he's not really like at the shooting a lot in the comics. I don't know. I guess he's at home or whatever. And the Waynes are allowed to like wander off on their own without any type of protection or whatever, which, you know, leads to them being killed in crime alley. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a new take for Alfred in this one. I did look it up. I, I don't know if they ever really say it in the movies, but Andy Serkis is about 21, 22 years older than Robert Pattinson. Okay. That's yeah. That's, and that's not way a lot of an age difference either. Yeah, that, so. that would imply that. Yeah. Alfred's pretty like his mid twenties when probably the Waynes were killed. Cause I think he's like eight or nine. Usually when his parents die. And yeah, I, I definitely pegged yeah Robert Pattinson for being sp- supposed to be like mid twenties ish as his Bruce Wayne, but it could be interesting to see where they go from there. I mean, they do have that touching moment talking in the hospital, but earlier on, there's that that friction, the you know the expected you're not my real dad type of thing that an angry <laughs> young Batman type wearing black eyeliner would say. Yep. He's he's emo Batman. Of course he's like, you're not my real father. You're not my real father. I'm going to go listen to Nirvana and drive my motorcycle in the rain. (laughs) It's all very carny, but it definitely like plays, you know, this is like feeding candy to a baby. As far as I'm, I'm concerned, they, they, they knew their audience. Yeah. I've, I mean, I fucking love Andy circus. It's so rare you get to see him outside his motion capture suit. That's true, yeah. I'm really looking forward to see what he does with uh, Animal Farm. Oh, is that something he's working on? He's supposed to be directing a, I think, animated adaptation of Animal Farm. So he very well could be doing a voice. He's got such a great voice, too. You can't waste that. I, I hear he reads a new version of the Lord of the Rings audiobooks. Yeah, I think those are out. I don't know if I've ever listened to them. I think you got to pay for those on Audible or something. Or they're probably, or maybe they're not out yet. I don't know. I'll have to look into that because yeah, I'd heard that too. I was like, I would totally go back and re-listen to those again if he was reading them. Yeah, I'd like to hear him read me those books. And I has, I, of course, when you get to the Gollum parts. There's like two more people really that I think of with the cast and there's going to be some people forgotten, but we'll go to the, uh, maybe the more surprise, slightly more surprising one last, but John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. I, I didn't even know he was in this until, until he popped up on the screen. I was like, Hey, Oh brother, where art thou? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing in this movie? It's the and... Jesus. Yeah, yep. He's <laughs> another guy that's done a million other movies, and yeah, he's always like, even if he's in a bad movie, if you got John Turturro in it, it's it's gonna you know you at least get points for that. Uh, I think he's pretty good in this actually. He's he plays like a mafia boss. Uh, good at he, that. I he... don't give a fuck kind of attitude character. Yep. This one. Yeah, his, Itali- his Italian accent. You know, it's it's. <laughs> it, it, it's good enough, but yeah, he's, he's got kind of the attitude and the swagger of like a, 
a mafia boss that's like you know fairly maybe not untouchable but like at the point in his career now where he just doesn't give a fuck really and we can go into the next thing which will include talking about the characters of course occasionally but how long did it take you or did you know going in that colin farrell is the penguin uh i knew going in i kind of he's he does like such a complete like transformation into that character that like i don't really think about it at all like watching it that i'm like oh it's colin farrell and some ugly makeup they didn't really ugly him up to get him to look like penguin which yeah i, I saw i saw a few people calling on twitter where they're like why didn't you just cast a guy that looks like penguin like why did you have to get beautiful hollywood colin farrell and ugly him up like so much it's like well i mean i don't know it's this should be the best actor for the for the part like you might look kind of like a penguin looking guy but if you're not as good an actor then they're gonna go with whoever's the better actor kind of deal and it's uh, it's not like hiring a non-native american to play a native american yeah exactly i mean the, the world's the world's full of ugly people <laughs> like if, if you're not a good actor then you know you might not might not be getting the part but anyway yeah ugly character actors abound yeah yeah which kind of sucks for them because yeah i'm sure there's like people that only <laughs> i don't know i was gonna say people that only get cast as ugly people but that's kind of fucked up uh well, michael berryman made a career out of it I mean, true he marketed which, himself that way yeah which yeah good old michael berryman one of the nicest nicest dudes in horror but anyway, yeah, the Col- the Colin Farrell thing didn't really bother me. He he has he doesn't have a huge part in this. He's not really like one of the like central like villains of the movie quite so much as like Danny DeVito is in Batman Returns. But uh, I, he he's he he does what he needs to in this movie, I think, very well. And I think it was probably smart to cast Colin Farrell because he's a fucking great actor. And uh, yeah, I I feel a little bad for him because I'm sure he had to sit in fucking like eight hours of makeup a day like every day that he was on set but uh i don't know i bet i bet it was a different experience for him making this movie too because you know you have to you have to do you have to be a little bit extra i think when you're covered in like a mask or you know a shit ton of like makeup effects like you have to act like out you know act through the makeup basically to get things across it's a little more a little more difficult bit of the comic relief in ways yeah, a little bit. In the movie, he's a despicable character, but he says things that are kind of funny. And yeah. <laughs> um, gives Batman and Jim Gordon a bit of a Spanish lesson there near the end. Uh, what was it? It's La Ratalada. Or whatever the fuck he says. Well. Sh- Should have written that down. But they're, they're establishing... I feel like... They did a good job establishing things for future movies without making it like, oh, they just put that in there to use later. You know, like we said, we wish that the movie would have been a little bit shorter. I feel like there were a couple points where it could have ended. Yeah. The parts of the story are still parts of the story. It's not so much tacked on. It's just, well, this could have been used in a different movie. The the because usually that shit drives me fucking crazy. Like some of the later like Star Wars stuff is really fucking bad about that, or like to a degree, sometimes Marvel stuff. 
where they introduce characters where you're like, this wouldn't really like be super necessary, except for, you know, they're going to want to like spin this character off into their own series or whatever, which I mean, comic books to a degree too, are like super guilty of that a lot of times too. But uh, yeah, I didn't notice way a lot. Like, I don't know, as a whole, I think the movie wraps up pretty nicely. So that like, if there wasn't another one of these, it doesn't, you know, leave you on a cliffhanger, or leave you saying like, well, I would have really liked more of, you know, like the penguin or Catwoman or whatever. Like, I, I think you get plenty of like all of the characters in this movie. But at the same time, like, I'm pretty stoked that they like have already announced that there's going to be a sequel to this movie. And that at least Robert Pattinson is going to come back to play Batman one more time. So that'll be cool. And they've got they've got some things that they can. Um, could explore that's from this movie or just do a totally different thing. They could do a time jump. I don't, hopefully they don't do a speaking of Harry Potter movies. I don't know if you've seen all of them. There is a one, one of the, actually the very last movie where they did some terrible aging up makeup on people, not on Robert Pattinson. But I was going to say, hopefully it's not that. Was it Frank Miller that did the 55-year-old Batman? If they do that, uh, I hope they don't yeah. do it with Robert Pattinson unless he's older. <laughs> ah, no, no, yeah, there's plenty of other, which, like, that, that That was always the impression that I got was what Ben Affleck was going for is, you know, later, you know, maybe not quite Frank Miller old later, but like, I mean, Batman versus Superman steals all kinds of shit from fucking the dark Knight rises and the, the other, the other Frank Miller books. Uh, so that, yeah, I, to a degree that's already been done kind of, I would love just like a straight adaption of all the Frank Miller, Batman comics, but, but no, yeah, I would, I would love like another movie or two of just, you know, younger Batman, just solving crimes and shit and no other, no other DC crap in there. I don't need Superman in this movie. <laughs> Keep him in his own damn movies. Uh, but yeah, that should be cool. I don't know how soon that's going to be out. Probably another two, three years from now or so. Something like that. I mean, this one's doing great. It's made, I think over 700, over 700 million right at the box office. Yeah, which for I'm pretty sure which for a March release, that's pretty that's doing pretty good. Like usually you'd save a movie like this until summertime. But I don't know what the reasoning was why they put this out in March. But uh, just, yeah, the delays, the previous delays, like, OK, just get it out. Well, yeah, it was supposed to come out, I think, like either the beginning of 2021 or the end of 2020. And yeah, obviously COVID and all this shit. So they sat on it for a little while because, you know, nobody was going to theaters like two years ago around this time. So, uh, yeah, it was probably probably smart that they did. And I bet a shitload of people are going to watch it on HBO Max. And that's going to draw people to I mean, that's where all of the DC like, you know, movie and animated stuff is at right now is on HBO. They got some kind of deal worked out with them. So if you want to watch any of the Batman movies on streaming, you've got to have HBO. I think they bought HBO. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, DC as a company is definitely like, uh, or at least like DC Comics has been, I think there's been some, some talk going around about the company being sold because it doesn't sound like DC Comics are selling super great right at the moment, which... I don't know. I've I, I started reading some of the new 52 stuff, which was kind of a 
reset for all of the DC superhero comics like about three, four years ago, something like that. And it just got to be too much, like trying to keep up with all the different series. And they were so intertangled with each other that like I, I kind of just gave up. And I didn't really have like a good comic shop here in town towards the middle or end of the new 52 run. And uh, yeah, I kind of kind of fell off of it. But I need to occasionally pick up like, you know, if I'm browsing through the stacks at uh, the new comic shop that we got in town like about two years ago, if I see a Batman comic that's got, you know, cool cover. I, I'm more about collecting some of the older stuff than I am trying to keep up with the new series like that stuff. I'd rather just catch in a graphic novel after the fact and try and keep up with the newsstand issues. It's just too much. It's too expensive. When I was living at my band's no. practice space, which was up above the comic book store, like I talked about, I think, before. But for anybody yeah. who's listening the first time, I would often see them pulling people's... Is it called their pull? When you just have the comic book shop set aside yeah. all the comics you're going to come, come get? Yeah, you, usually it's like a little cubby box. and Yeah, it's called the pull box. And uh, some of some of the people's massive, and that happened what maybe twice a month. Surprising to me, especially early on when I was first seeing uh, the the life of the comic book shop. Yeah, because I at very first my all my experiences were just popping in to get random. You know, when I was a kid, that's when the Marvel swimsuit edition comics were <laughs> shit and random other things. Um, and then it was playing the all ages shows that they put on. Right. And that wasn't really, I mean, a bunch of the people from the comic shop stayed and worked those, but it wasn't the day to day, the people popping in with getting their polls and the couple guys that, you don't want to get stuck in a conversation with and the (laughs) just the everybody that knows a comic book shop knows that there are some types, some characters in that world that are pretty regularly existing. Oh yeah. And and yeah, I can't imagine. That's one of the reasons why I didn't really jump into anything every time. I think the first comic book I started reading all the time as they came out, as soon as they came out was walking dead. Yeah, I did all the graphic novels of those as they were coming out though. That was definitely, those were a big deal. Like, like the perfect time. Cause yeah, I mean, all my friends were like, like just kind of starting to get into really get into horror stuff and the zombies were fucking still pretty huge. Uh, but yeah, that, that one I kept on, I kept up on, but, but that was, that was also the graphic novel versions. I didn't buy the, yeah, the, you know, twice a month or monthly or whatever newsstand issues of that. Because I, I, yeah, I think when those were coming out at a time when there wasn't really a good place to get just like newsstand issues of stuff, but we still had like a Walden Books or a B. Dalton or something up at the mall. And yeah, they had a pretty robust graphic novel section. So yeah, I, I kept up on those pretty regularly. But yeah, other than that, I kind of just jump around between shit. Like right now I collect uh primarily uh like ninja turtles and uh there, there's a bunch of different like pretty great conan series that are out right now that i try and do my best to keep up on and 
that's about it occasionally i'll pick up like a star wars comic but yeah other than that it's just like a lot of random shit like i don't know i i kind of love my my current comic book guys because i can just go to them and they already kind of know the kind of stuff that i buy and the kind of stuff that i'm into and they can you know steer me to you know lesser known titles or stuff that i might not have picked up otherwise and yeah sometimes they turn me on to some pretty great shit nice do you think we should take a quick break and come back for a brief, super duper spoilery specific bit of talk, and then we are done. Or is there something that we didn't vaguely talk about? We could take a quick break and wrap this up, kind of. Cool. Tune in next. No, that's for the end. Okay. Wow. I was concerned that I had distracted us from talking enough about the movie, but if you feel good about it and you're a big Batman fan, cool. I don't know when we want to officially get back into wrapping things up, or have we already begun? Uh, I'd say I'd say we've probably already begun. Uh, you're you are rolling, right? Oh yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I don't really know what else to say about this movie. I guess I mean the huge spoiler is like the reveal of like probably what will end up being a villain in one of the next movies unless they like just pull a complete switcheroo and don't use him at all but uh yeah we we get introduced to yet another joker in this movie the very very tail end that has the cell right next to the riddlers which uh <laughs> i would think the, the the yeah the, the world's most dangerous criminals might be spread out like a little bit further than like i don't know budget cuts i guess <laughs> they're like we can't afford to house all of the the craziest fucking criminals in the world and you know super spread out kind of fashion so uh when, yeah the the what oh i was gonna say or when did harley quinn start working at arkham that, that, that's a good point uh i mean in, in real life to answer your question is whatever the hell paul dini started working on the <laughs> comics and then the animated series i think harley, harley quinn might have come more along in the animated in the animated series first than the comics i can't forget i think you're right Uh, but yeah at at, at some point to answer your question not not in the universe of the batman 22 quite yet obviously because joker looks pretty young and uh clearly uh paul nano riddler has no idea who the hell he is right so unnamed god or arkham inmate or whatever they they call him did you see the deleted scene I did not. I saw that it was going around and I didn't watch it until, well, I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I definitely didn't want to watch it until I'd seen the movie, basically. I I guess it's from near the end of the movie, but before the Riddler, this character conversation. It's before the Riddler's been caught. Right. Right. Uh, It is on, it is in the special features of the HBO thing. And I went nerdy, and after the movie, I went to Ratalata.com or whatever the website is that the Riddler tells Batman to go to. It's called Ratalata. Oh, right? uh, the uh, I URL Ratalata.com. I went to it, and it now it's just a page that says this has been seized by Gotham PD. <laughs> but before that. I guess there were actual riddles that you could work on solving leading up to the debut of the movie. I guess there were some riddles you could solve and eventually it let you see 
the deleted scene, but now it's just on YouTube and on HBO uh, where Batman goes to talk to the character. Uh, so I, I don't want to say any more than that, see what your impression is, but after you see that, I've got a question for you. It's a little bit more blatant in that scene that's cut out. You know, here it's, yeah, it's, I mean, he says something about being a clown. He's laughing. He's got a fucked up face. But some people were saying that they thought that it could be uh, the Hush character because they had done plastic surgery to their face. I don't know. I thought that the plastic surgery that that character did was to look like Bruce Wayne. And that, <laughs> the guy in Arkham definitely doesn't fucking look like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, anything's possible in these kind of stories, but like, yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure it's definitely supposed to be the fucking Joker. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's. I, I'm cool. Like, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm sure I'll enjoy that deleted scene, but I'm also kind of cool with them, like, kind of just saving him for the fairy tale end and kind of, you know. Just, just kind of teasing him. I mean, we were only what like two years have passed the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Like we've gotten so much goddamn Joker in the last like 10, 10, 20 years. Like you know, it's 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 okay to kind of let him chill and you know use some use some different villains for a little while. So I I would imagine they're probably going to try and use him in the next movie. But if they don't, I would be perfectly okay with that. There's plenty of other cool. Batman villains. We've never gotten a lot of them in like a live action movie. Like Man Bat has never showed up. I Razal Ghoul kind of is debatable because he's kind of the the Liam Neeson character from Batman Begins. Kind of uses Razal Ghoul as like a uh, like a like a phony personality, basically, or like you know that's kind of like his cover for like who he actually is, which is you know, somebody else or something. I forget. It's been a while since I watched Batman Begins, but the League of Shadows, uh, the head of the League of Shadows, or one of the people in the League of Shadows. Yeah, which yeah, he doesn't really. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a. It's it's a half-assed attempt at portraying the character <laughs> as as he is in the comics, basically. But like, I mean, he's he's such a mystical character that like trying to do what they did in the comics in one of the Christopher Nolan movies, like I don't think would have flowed or been super great but uh yeah it's, it's poison ivy has only been in like one batman movie is the third in the uh uh i forget if that's batman forever or batman robin but one of one of those two uh I, I, you could bring back mr freeze i think would be fun like uh, arnold's portrayal of him is pretty great but uh, I think I think he could do other stuff and like make it a little bit more like the animated series where he's not not quite so like tongue in cheek and was like a slightly more serious character. Uh, Clayface I think would be super fucking rad live action. And we finally kind of have the technology that he could make that look halfway decent at least I think. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see where the movie series go from here because I think they've all but abandoned the shared universe bullshit with the, the bad half like Batman movies. I don't know. We probably haven't seen the last of Harley Quinn because I think the two the the two Suicide Squad movies and the Harley Quinn movie were at least moderate successes. And uh, so many people love Margot Robbie. 
Yeah, she's she's pretty great. I I can't really I can't really see anybody else like playing Harley Quinn as well as she does. Like that that's a that's a bit of brilliant casting that hopefully they stick around for whatever they try. She just doesn't really I don't know if she really fits into the 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 Matt Reeves Batman universe that they're trying to establish here. She's she's a little too goofy, I think. And uh I don't know. I, I like that these ones aren't taking things as like deadly serious and like trying to make them as realistic as possible quite like the the nolan batman movies did but i don't know it kind of, it kind of straddles the line between that and like the you know the the the, the jla snyder verse type shit where it's fairly fantastical one kind of goofy like once you start introducing like characters like the flash or you know uh aquaman like it can't help but lend itself to like kind of more of a sci-fi fantasy kind of thing but uh that's never really been like this is super the focus of anything batman related i think i think this one gets back to a lot of that as much as possible so hopefully they stick with that if not i don't know i'll always watch batman movies for the most part uh i have not seen justice league i've been avoiding it like all like as much as possible because i'm sure that will and which a lot of people have the same complaint about MCU movies, which is where, you know, to understand one, you got to watch 20 others kind of deal. But yeah, I just really don't have any interest in seeing like the Aquaman movies or the Wonder Woman movies or <laughs> the other Superman movies or I just I, I don't want to. I just I just want Batman movies. Thanks. I've I've only seen the Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. I've seen I've, I've seen the Wonder Woman movies. And part of Aquaman, they do uh, what Flash and Aquaman does. Uh, well, good thing we're in the spoiler tastic era of the the show. But I don't know if you watched the Peacemaker. I haven't watched Peacemaker yet. No. No. Okay. Well, then I'll leave. I'll not say anything. But I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know anything about John Cena as a wrestler. I mean, I know he's a wrestler, but I've never seen him perform. Uh, the peacemaker character is pretty much the only thing i know john cena from besides the can't see me memes and shit Uh, (laughs) right but that you saying something about it going into the sci-fi realm it sort of does that with some with some realism but we're not here to talk about out there (laughs) it's all kind of connected i mean batman doesn't show up in the newer Suicide Squad movie, but he does show up very briefly in the the the, the 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 first one. I wish they would name these things fucking differently. The Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, like five years after each other, is kind of horseshit. Also, what 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 are they gonna call the sequel to the Batman? I wonder. Maybe it'll be the Batman Returns. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope they can do better than that. The Batman Returns again. I think I commented at some point too that I was like, "The Batman is like this is some lazy studio bullshit." Like, give it a give it a real fucking title for Christ's sake. This is the third or fourth Batman movie now. This is called Batman or the Batman. Like, and come on, book fans are used to having things have the title. You know, Batman: The Killing Joke, Batman: Long Halloween, Batman: yeah. What a Death in the Family. Right? Wasn't that another yep. famous one? Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's okay to give it a title. We know it's a Batman movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know. 
Makes I it would make it a little bit easier to keep straight, especially in conversation. And everybody likes to talk about comic book movies for the most part. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, you're either a Marvel guy or a DC guy, or some people are somewhere in between, which is kind of where where I fall. And kind of like like I said, Batman is my primary focus on DC stuff. The rest of it I can kind of take or leave. I do like Swamp Thing quite a bit. Uh, Swamp Thing comics are pretty bitching. I, I, I think I talked about that on a previous show, but yeah, that was one of the earlier newsstand issues of Batman that I got was a really cool crossover story with Batman and Swamp Thing that takes place in like gothic southern like Louisiana and it's fucking great. I think killer croc shows up in it too. Killer crocs in one of the suicide squad movies. Yep. Which is another character that another character that I think technology has finally caught up that you could do a decent version of that in live action. Like I I think he looks pretty rad in that first suicide squad movie and he's like, then barely gets used in the movie. But uh, yeah, killer croc, I think would be a cool character to bring back for another Matt, Matt Reeves one. About uh, the that's... Condiment King, or whatever his fucking <laughs> name is. The Condiment King, or uh, yeah, there's all kinds of there, there's there's yeah decades worth of fucking super goofy super villains that you could draw from. I'm trying to think of like some of the the really really goofier ones. I don't know. There there there, there are many many books written about this. Uh, also, once again, point people towards the, the Comic Tropes YouTube page. They, they've done all kinds of episodes about goofy villains or like eras where Batman stuff got really goofy. I, he just did one not very long ago about where we you're talking about Neil Adams. He did a run into the early 2000s called Batman Odyssey that is just like pure fucking batshit crazy. Like uh, the dude like clearly was pulling... F- you know, influences and characters and stuff from like way old school Batman stuff that like, if you are of a certain age or just haven't read every single Batman comic that's ever fucking come out, then you're not going to have a clue what the hell a lot of it's talking about. And so a lot of people kind of dismissed it as just pure fucking nonsense. But now I kind of want to go back. Now that I've got a little bit of background on what some of it is, it was also like highly satirical at a time where, uh, like, I don't know, I, I, I think Neil Adams had had some pent-up aggression towards the Batman comics after working on them for, you know, many decades. And so a lot of a lot of Batman Odyssey is kind of poking fun at Batman, the character. And uh, I don't think had quite, I think it was like a 12-issue run, and I don't think it quite got the reaction that maybe Neil Adams was hoping for, because a lot of people dismiss it as pure fucking nonsense. But that's the great thing about the comics is you can just, you know, just fucking restart. Like you don't even need to explain it anymore. Just like, yeah, just start over fresh and, you know, just let, let artists kind of do their own thing. It's a, it's a big universe and a big sandbox to play in. So there, there are a zillion different versions of Batman out there. You can kind of pick and choose which ones you like best. Hopefully some cool stuff on the horizon uh, with the Batman and, DC will almost definitely never catch up to Marvel. But it was kind of a a joke at first and probably still with Marvel versus DC things. But The Batman 2022, I think, was fucking rad. And, you know, we still kind of avoided talking about all the specific shit just in case you did listen to this all the way through. 
without seeing the movie yet. Yep. Yeah, we spoiled a few things, but like I, I, I you can still go into this and enjoy it. I think I think it's gonna be a movie that's kinda it's 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 got legs. Like I, I I think I need to see it a few more times to really get into a lot of the nitty gritty of it. But yeah, after after a first first time watch, I, I agree. I'm excited that they decided to go in this direction and that they're planning on doing another movie. And uh, I think this will this will help. I think kind of course correct a little bit with DC movies as far as that stuff goes. Like I know we've still got a Flash movie coming out that has like some multiverse shit going on in it which is yeah odd timing considering the doctor strange movie comes out next week and it also is you know this last year or two been dipping in their toes into some crazier multiverse you know pulling characters from movies of the past kind of shit going on uh so they haven't completely abandoned the the snyderverse arrow stuff of DC comics for the movies, but I think we'll probably get a few more movies like this and the Walking Phoenix Joker that are kind of just its own thing and, you know, exist outside of that. And so, yeah, again, it's like you can kind of whatever you prefer, you can kind of pick and choose, at least for the time being. I didn't see the Batwoman series on the CW just got canceled along with uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is kind of... I don't really know how to explain that. It's, it's a little bit like Guardians of the Galaxy for DC shit, where it's a whole bunch of like random, lesser-known characters that's done kind of goofy and tongue-in-cheek. But I knew a few people that worked on it, and I'm sad that after seven seasons it got canned because that means they got to find other jobs. Um, but yeah, the, the yeah, I I have not watched a lot of the CW series stuff. In fact, I have probably never seen a single episode of any of that shit. But there's a whole bunch of it, and it's on HBO Max, I'm pretty sure. Or, yeah, whatever series. Or, I think there's like a Supergirl series, and uh, uh, there's a bunch of other shit that's, yeah, on the, on, the, on the CWs that I don't know anything about, basically. Yeah, I skipped over a whole lot of that stuff, but it was pretty cool that the, the Batman animated series is there. I've got the Blu rays somewhere, but it's nice to be super lazy and just touch a couple buttons on the controller and it's there. Uh, my son's just starting to check out the series. It's aged really well. And yeah, it's like just as good as an adult as I remember being as a kid. So yeah, that's a good place for, if you got kids that are like probably a little bit too young to be watching like the, you know, especially like the Matt Reeves movie or whatever, the animated series like is a great place to start your kids on this kind of stuff. The, the reason, I mean, I had interest in seeing this, but the reason I watched it already was because he's been asking to watch it. So his mom and I watched it and yeah, about five minutes in, we're like, nope. And I mean, this kid's seen some shit, you know, he's seen Jaws. He's seen some stuff that he's not supposed to. I've talked about it before. Well, not supposed, you know what I mean? He's seen, he might be a little too young yeah. for but the more realistic the violence is, the more he doesn't like it. So uh, we're like, nah, let's, uh, yeah, here, bud, let's let's check out this. It was drawn on black paper, I think. <laughs> I mean, you could always do. I didn't know for years and years that Christopher Walken dies a really horrible death in Batman Returns because the first time, bunch of times I saw it, I'm pretty sure were copies of. Uh, copies of Batman Returns on VHS that my mom had edited parts out of 
I'm pretty sure she did the same thing with the first one too, just because I was like so young and she watched them before and was like, uh, this part probably needs to go. It's pretty scary for a, you know, five or six or seven or however young year old. So yeah, I didn't know for a really long time that this is a super gross makeup effect of Christopher Walken getting fried in Batman Returns. I think I was probably 10 or 12 or 13 ish before I finally saw like a unedited version of that. I didn't know like another version existed. I didn't realize that was what was going on. And my mom was giving me edited versions of these movies, which yeah, isn't really not really an option nowadays, unless your mom is like really good with, you know, Final Cut Pro or something. You can <laughs> fucking you know, rip a copy of this off of HBO and fucking go in and trim out the 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 awful parts. That that's something that's been lost since the uh the dueling VCR days. Yeah, right. So that was it. That was the episode, I think. Yep. That, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's probably the longest of the uh, the, the comic book shows. Uh, I, so. I, I could I could talk all fucking day about Batman if you love me, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll come back to this, you know, when another good DC movie comes around, or if we decide to go back and do some of the other stuff. Usually we talk next when we're doing another comic book movie, but we might do. A non-comic book movie, they're not all part of this series. This is just a series that you and I are focused on. Yep. Doing you mentioned, you mentioned movies about Black the Black Panthers. I, I would totally be down to come back for something like that or like yeah. I'll I'll be back at some point. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit busy because I got a new job starting here and uh, got a couple live shows coming up. But uh yeah, I'll I'll definitely be back. You can always you always check me out on Doing the Nasty. I'm recording a new episode of that tomorrow, actually. It's about uh, a, a bad 80s slasher movie called Final Exam That's it has an insane fucking scene at the beginning or at the middle of it, uh, which I, I won't spoil. I'll let people listen to that episode. And Night of the Living Dead, which is you know kind of the movie that started it all for me as far as my love of horror movies goes. So uh, yeah, it should be interesting, but uh, yeah, I will definitely be back over here on Psycho Semanticast here at some point. There's there's a shitload of comic book movies coming out this year. Like I said, we got Doctor Strange coming out. Uh, the new Thor movie comes out later this year. Um, I know DC has the Flash movie coming out before the end of the year, but I don't remember if there's anything else on the slate for them until next year. But yeah, there's, there's it's, it's never going to stop as long as we're making movies and TV shows. There will be... Uh, plenty, plenty of shit for us to talk about over here. Take control of your podcatching device and subscribe and leave <laughs> it, leave a four star review. Don't forget to throw a batarang at that subscribe button. Batman to become a henpecked husband and Mrs. Batman, Gotham City's arch criminals. Find out tomorrow whether she misses or misses. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hang on to your rice. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you. Yup. And cover.